And just when you think you've heard it all, a guy with a fax machine builds a multi-million dollar business. No AI, no sales automation, just a rusty, dusty fax machine. I found a database of veterinarians with their name, address, name of their clinic, and their fax number. And I would simply just fax them. It would take, you know, literally weeks to go through the whole database. So it was a slow process, but it was effective. We would get those faxes out and then sure enough, you would get the responses. Vets would see what we had. They liked the idea and they would sign up for a free prescription, fax it back to us and uh, we would send it to to that clinic for that patient. Right. And uh, obviously they would try it out and then you know, the rest is history. I mean, we still have customers that responded to that very first fax. Our guest today is David Martinez, the founder and VP of marketing at SVP Meds. Before we get into today's show, I wanted to share a few cool facts about David. Number one, before my wife started working here at Speaker Box Media, David was her boss at SVP Meds, where they worked together in sales. So I'd always find myself at various trade shows learning so much about sales and marketing from the fax machine whiz himself. Number two, David founded SVP Meds as a pharmacy technician, not to be confused with the board certified pharmacist, which just amazes me. And it truly goes to show you that with hard work, grit, and a relentless push to keep moving forward, you can reach goals that seem almost unattainable. You'll go to sleep at night and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think there's no way uh, we're going to come up with a solution for this. And so then you wake up in the morning and then, you know, you drag yourself out of bed. You push yourself to work and you just keep moving forward. I think that's been just SVP's motto is always mm -hmm. just keep moving forward. We've gone through a lot of challenges, but one of the things we've always done is just keep staying in motion. I'm your host, Ray Smith, joined by my lovely co-host and wife, Sarah Smith, and this is B2B Growth Hacks, a podcast powered by Speakerbox Media. So SVP Meds is veterinary compounding pharmacy. And so we're kind of a niche business. We're a compounding pharmacy, but we strictly focus on veterinary medicine. So we fill prescriptions based off of the needs and wants of veterinarians. What got you into starting your business in the first place? That's a great question. <laughs> I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. First off, really, no. My mom was an entrepreneur. She's always been somebody who's kind of been always doing her own thing. And now maybe I feel like I was kind of destined to be an entrepreneur, but I never imagined myself as that. I got started. I kind of was in the industry. I used to work in compounding for humans and then it trickled down into my employer mm -hmm. trickling and dabbing into the veterinary space and then kind of fully blown going into veterinary compounding. And I did that as an employee for a while. And then I finally kind of made the decision or it kind of morphed into, hey, maybe I can do this on my own. Nice. So take me back to that day you kind of just made that decision. I mean, where were you? What was your mindset that prompted you to say, I'm going to start my own business? You know, well, it first started with, and I know it's probably every employee's thought that, you know, hey, I can do this on my own. You know, mm -hmm. I can do this by myself. And I had conversations with family members and things like that. It was always kind of there. And then finally, when I was with my 
ex-employer where I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to go do something else. And so I kind of was, when I left there, I was in that, like, I kind of didn't have the hundred percent mentality that I was going to go do veterinary compounding medicine. I was just knew I had to do something on my own. And then it finally, the opportunities came to place where I could do this and do it on my own or, Mm -hmm. or, and I say do it on my own, but I, I didn't do anything on my own, right. but I had the opportunity to open this company up and partner up with some great people, you know. Gotcha. All right. So you have this idea and you decide really, I, I think being a little bit naive, you jump into it, right? Because I think that was better in the sense because you just dove right into it. You didn't think about all the different steps and you just got started, right? Yeah. I think naive is the perfect word to describe it. I was a hundred percent naive. I knew a lot about veterinary compounding. I knew a lot about the veterinary space, Mm -hmm. but I had no concept of how to run a business. So day one, I mean, you decide to, you know, start this business up. Where do you get the capital for, for something like this? How did you get the, you know, the startup capital? Well, uh, good question. So fortunate for me, I had some family that helped me out. Mm -hmm. So I had a family member that I had been kind of venting and and I guess maybe subconsciously pitching yeah. <laughs> an idea uh, to them. And so I had a uncle that said, hey, you have the brains and you have the idea and the know-how to do this mm-hmm. and I'll help you get started. And he had the business part gotcha. kind of okay. expertise, okay. right? He had a restaurant. If you would have asked me when we opened up, I would have told you I knew everything there was to know about business. Mm. Uh, but looking back, hindsight, I knew absolutely nothing on right. how to run a business. And did, what ways did he help? you initially as you said he had the business kind of mindset did he kind of help you you know form that business get yeah I mean accounting and the and basics like, like of starting you know LLC uh, right. opening a bank account you know those things that kind of as an idea person you're not really thinking about right. that right and so you know getting a lease for a, a building mm-hmm. things like that that I n- had never done before those are the kind of expertise he definitely brought to the table for sure you mentioned something interesting um, that I kind of want to tap into for a second here. You said I was an idea person and I didn't necessarily know I needed those things. So as a young person, of course, now looking back as a more mature business owner, you know that you needed other people. Did you have a concept of that then? And can you remember back to when I'm starting this, I know I'm going to need this person, this person, this person, or what was your concept of what that organization was going to look like? I did know definitely, I knew right away that this business, I wasn't going to be able to open just completely on my own. Mm -hmm. I was going to need one, I mean, we are a pharmacy, so I was going to need a pharmacist partner and I was going to need a business partner. Mm -hmm. Ideally, you know, you would like to have kind of both of those in one, but we didn't have that. So we ended up having a business partner a pharmacist partner, Mm. and then the industry expert, which was myself. And so that's kind of the three tiers that we brought together. I didn't know much, but I knew I needed those three pieces. Right. Got you. Okay. So take us into the first year of business. I mean, how was that? What was that like for you? (laughs) It was not what I expected. It was nonstop. I mean, it was early mornings till all hours of the night. It was whatever the company needed, Mm -hmm. we were there to give it. I mean, 
it was a lot of work. It was way more work than I ever could have imagined. Mm-hmm. So you have, a, you, I mean, you have a, your pharmacist, you have your uncle who's kind of your business partner. Tell me like, what did a day, you know, look like for you? Like, how was it? Well, I mean, let's say, I mean, if we want to start with the first few months, maybe even the first half of the year, mm-hmm. the day was nothing. It was basically us spending our time doing absolutely nothing because we didn't have any business. Mm-hmm. We started from zero, right. from not one customer. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things that I had learned as far as marketing ad- advertising, I obviously brought that expertise with me. And so we started that process up, but it was a bit of a process. And I was using some pretty old technology that was making this process move very slowly. But yeah, the first maybe six months, it was going very slow. Days were not doing much of anything. It was still a lot of work though, because you're preparing. In your mind, Uh you know, this is going to succeed. Right. There was never a thought of failure. It was a process. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But you saw incremental growth throughout this. Definitely. That that probably motivated you a little bit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Okay. And so how did you get customers? Tell me about your first customer. Tell me about the first time you... The first customers we were gathering was uh, by using tactic that I came up with, which was fax marketing. Mm-hmm. So I know that's kind of ancient technology yes, now. Ancient. <laughs> we might have to put that in the show notes, facts definition <laughs> in the show notes for some of the millennials here. Exactly. So basically the tactic I would use is I would, and I can't even remember the software I used. It was maybe like photo print or it was a, a rudimentary software that I could create simple flyer advertisement. It was all text. Right. Obviously you're going through facts. So it's basically black and white. You don't want to put a lot of color in it. It was just basically words. So we would put the products that we were compounding that Uh we provided, and we would offer a free prescription to a veterinarian. And we solely stuck to marketing directly to the veterinarian. So Uh I found a database of veterinarians with their name, address, name of their clinic, and their Uh fax number. And I would simply just fax them, broadcast faxing. And I had discovered a program, and I believe it was called WinFax. And so what WinFax would do is you would load up this database of fax numbers. You'd load up the the image you want to fax, and you would connect it to your phone, your modem, actually, (laughs) and you would create your ad and hit broadcast. The fax machine would, the computer would literally dial each number one by one, fax it, you know, bleeps, you know, from the modem, and uh, fax the ad, to each individual number. And it would take forever. Like my database was massive. And so it would take, you know, literally weeks to go through the whole database. So it was a slow process, but it was effective. We would get those faxes out. And then sure enough, you would get the responses. Vets would see what we had. They liked the idea and they would sign up for a free prescription, fax it back to us. And uh, we would send it to to that clinic for that patient. Right. And uh, obviously they would try it out. And then, you know, the rest is history. I mean, we still have customers that responded to that very first fax. Wow. They order from us to this day. <laughs> wow. And I noticed you said that you targeted veterinarians directly. So what was the thought process behind doing that? Because I think that was that's very pivotal. Money. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, and the reason why I'll tell you is because... If we try to target pet owners, I mean, again, we're thinking about this back when we started the technology, you know, there was no social media. Mm -hmm. It was very expensive if we wanted to try to target 
pet owners, to Mm -hmm. try to find those pet owners and then target them. That could be very expensive. And so we figured, well, each veterinarian, each clinic represents hundreds of pet owners. So if I can get that veterinarian bought in, then I'm going to have, I'm going to have the ability to get a a lot of pet owners bought in onto the idea. Got you. So you basically decided to go B2B instead of B2C. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm at the veterinarian rights to prescription. They deal with, in the old paradigm, and that's a changing a little bit, but still kind of the same for the most part. The veterinarian is kind of the doctor and the pharmacist. They've always been that way. And so it it just made a lot of sense to go that route um, Mm. at that time, you know? Got you. Okay, so tell me about the first veterinary clinic. The office was small. I knew all the equipment. Again, I've worked in the industry for a while, and so I knew everything I needed. I knew the amount of space I think we could get started with. We did sterile compounding, which required a sterile room, which, you know, to be perfectly honest, obviously would not be into today's code. Things have changed light years from when we first started, but it was still very effective. And we you know, followed all the regulations and felt very confident in what we built. And we still would get it inspected by a third party. And so, but it was small. Right. Uh, believe me, I can't stress uh, <laughs> how small things were clean back cabinet. then. Yeah. 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 Clean maybe, maybe more like a clean cabinet than a, a clean, uh, clean room for sure. So, I mean, how are you feeling mentally? Where are you at right now? Like in this, in this moment in time when you're opening all this up? Just to kind of, again, go back to the advertising part, when we're using WinFax, you know, things are going okay, but they're going incremental, you mm-hmm. know, and so things are growing, but it's not like, oh, we're, we're blowing up, you know? And so right. I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. This is the pace that's been put in front of us. So, and okay. you know, we still, we had an investor, but we didn't have millions of dollars in capital, right? right? So, you know, all the money we make in is going right back into the company. Mm -hmm. And so it's an okay time. You can kind of do your business. It wasn't super overwhelming, but it was, you were broke. That's about all you could think about. (laughs) Got you. But then things changed. We, one day I got a a fax ad Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I got a dose of my own medicine and I got a fax ad and it was a company that was marketing fax broadcasting marketing. Wow. Yeah. And so (laughs) their claims, (laughs) yeah, ironic, right? And so their claim was that, you know, they could, you'd send them the information, the database, the ad that you wanted to and they would do it instantaneously. And so I'm like, I'm still thinking modems and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't, how is this possible? And this is actually around the time that broadband internet's coming out, you know, mm-hmm. DSL and cable. This is kind of the birth of that time. And so right. I give them a call and they're like, yeah, you know, send us your database, mm-hmm. uh, send us the ad and mm-hmm. we'll send it out. And we charge you, you know, a couple of pennies every time a fax goes through and you only get charged for faxes that are completed. And I'm like, wow, you know, and so I've talked to my partners and I'm like, I think this is, you know, again, to fax this whole database is a few hundred dollars, but that's yeah. still like, hey, let's talk about us spending a couple hundred dollars. That's how broke we were. (laughs) (laughs) So we go through that. We do it the first time. So from what it was taking us to market in a month's time to fax all these things, like in a month, it was happening instantaneous. Mm -hmm. So we started to just blow up. Like Mm -hmm. it went from, okay, steady growth that you can handle to 
okay, we're working till 11 o'clock at night, you know, instant overnight. It just happened. And so of course I'm an idea person and I'm like, more is better. And I'm like, okay, we can, we need to do this every week. And we did that. We were, we create, create the ad that we wanted to create, send it to the vets and we did it every week. So things just, what would you say was kind of the response rate? Was it, I mean, were you getting a lot of hits? Just, I mean, we were, I mean, I wish I could give you a percentage rate, but again, back then we were so busy. I, we, and we weren't even really paying attention to that, but it was it was yeah. a very good uh, response rate, extremely good response rate, very effective. I mean, and think about it today in terms of today, like we would fax this form. The doctor would have to fill it out, put in his address, right. put in, uh, you know, the patient's name, put in all this information, sign it, fax it back to us. I mean, nowadays you can't even get them to fill out a digital form online. And they were filling yeah. all of this out and faxing it to us and still getting an amazing response. So it was just very, very effective. Now, were you trying other tactics, marketing tactics to grow your business? Or was this the first thing you tried and it worked? Or This was the first thing we tried. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. This was the first thing we tried. At first, it was kind of the only thing we were doing. Obviously, behind the scenes, we were, I was building you know, a website you know, customers could go to, a website presence. Because again, I felt like at the time that that was going to be big. Uh, you know, there wasn't too many options mm-hmm. to build websites back then too. Right. It wasn't like nowadays where you can go to a lot of different places for pretty much dirt cheap and build your own website. But uh, there was a few, there was right. a couple and we we ended up, I, I remember our first website, I actually built myself. I wrote the code. Wow. And this I had before Squarespace. And yeah. Oh yeah. Mix and yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I was uh, building my own website, learning how to do HTML coding <laughs> and, and it was, it was horrible. It was a horrible website, but it, right. I figured out how to like host it online. And then again, I saw an ad for you know, have your own website, plug and play. And mm-hmm. um, I jumped on that right away. I dumped our our first website, jumped on this. It was so easy. It was informational only. You, right. know, you couldn't order or do anything like yeah. that, but it was great. It worked great. And we were able to, you know, get a lot of a good business from that as well, or at least put our name out there. So people were looking for us. They knew we were there. We existed. How did yeah. your branding change and how did your growth scale with this? Because it sounds like, so you had one marketing tried and true tactic that you stuck to and you experienced immediate and instant growth. So what did that look like as far as scaling the business on the employee side? And how did that change your branding? What was the evolution of kind of your branding in that mm-hmm. phase? Yeah, I meant branding in the beginning, you know, was, you know, to be honest, was kind of not at the top. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I'm coming from not really knowing anything about business and marketing. And so, you know, branding probably wasn't even in my vocabulary at that time. I just knew that for the most part, people needed to know, you know, I knew websites were important at that point. And I'm like, people need to be able to find us, you know, Mm -hmm. if they're looking, we're dealing with professionals. So there's a huge possibility they're going to go online and, and at least look us up and try to find us, right? And so we need right. to be available. But as we grew, we started to grow exponentially. We knew that I started to, you know, again, and now I'm reading and reading mm-hmm. some different books about, you know, guerrilla marketing and different things like that. And I'm starting to understand the branding process. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we are like, okay, you know, we need, you know, we had a rudimentary logo at the time, you know, the first couple of years. But then we're like, okay, it's important. We need to come up with a logo that we all like. 
And that needs to be part of our branding, our colors, things like that. I mean, I did a lot of the work on my own, even catalogs. Our first catalog mm -hmm. was, I created it myself on right. some graphic, you know, software. We binded it ourselves. We kept, I mean, again, these are the days before all this going online and finding, you know, printing companies that can do things for cheap. So we're like, okay, let's do this. Let's print it and then bind it. And we would give them out to our customers and they looked amazing back then. <laughs> it seems like you just had a lot of wins kind of early on, but I know you had some losses. So I wanted to talk to you about that. Yeah. <laughs> some of the setbacks that you had, take me back to like a, one of those, what I like to call is a something's got to give moment. Like if something doesn't happen, like... <laughs> Things are going down. Oh, man, those are I have millions of those. Yeah. Some of the kind of setbacks we started in the beginning. Big setback was our pharmacist partner kind of decided this isn't what he wanted to do and wanted out. And wow. so, you know, very cordially, of course, there was no drama behind it, just simply kind of wanted to do a direction. And it became a lot of work. You know, that's mm -hmm. it was a lot of maybe a lot more work than uh, he anticipated. Right. But again, you know, very cordially, there was no really no issue other than he just kind of wanted to go do something else. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I'm not a pharmacist. None of us were pharmacists uh, involved in the business. And so. The first challenge was, okay, well, without a pharmacist, we have no business, right? right. We, and so that kind of was one of the first big challenges that came up. And so uh, we had to kind of, and on top of that, we didn't have any money. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we didn't have any money to pay a pharmacist. So luckily, again, for us, by God's good graces, around the time that happened, we were already getting to the point where like, okay, we can afford a pharmacist salary. Right. Things will be, well, things have always been tight. And mm -hmm. They even seem that way even today, but uh, <laughs> we're like, okay, we can do this. And so we were able to push forward and keep moving and uh, got through that particular issue. Another one early on was with with regulation. So again, we kind of went in this gung-ho, but not necessarily knowing all the rules and re pharmacy rules and regulations. And so we unintentionally ran into some issues where uh, we were filling prescriptions outside of the state of Texas, not really knowing that we had to have a pharmacy license in mm. every state that we shipped our medication to. Right. No, it kind of sounds weird now, but never really occurred to us. We never knew that that was something that had to happen. And so obviously we got in trouble with the Texas State Board and, you know, they find us and we had to deal with that, but just move forward, you know, right. just move forward. Uh, we fixed the problem. We stopped doing business in the States that we weren't licensed in. Mm -hmm. And then we slowly acquired licenses in different States and then, you know, worked on growing that business. But that was one of the big challenges uh, as we were starting off. But again, just kind of, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And then, um, but also having this big idea and wanting to kind of keep moving forward, but just part of growing your business. Yeah. We live in a culture, you know, where it's a lot of do it yourself, a lot of get on YouTube and, you know, kind of figure it out. What would you say to someone who doesn't have, you know, ample resources or, you know, maybe they didn't go to college or they don't have the resources? Where can you go to get great knowledge. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I met, we learned, uh, like you said, part of what we did was learn, apply, or make a mistake, fall down, 
learn from that, apply, or sometimes you just hit the nail right, you know, right on the head and you keep moving forward. But I think a lot of the things that we accomplished was embracing technology very early on. I met, I was a big technology person. I was, Mm -hmm. I had learned about computers very early in my career at my old job. I was somewhat of the IT person that people would go to when things were broken. So I already kind of had embraced technology. I knew that that's where everything was going. And so that's how I ran my business. If I didn't know how to do it, I looked towards technology to help me fix that. Right. Right. So anything and everything, whether it was building a clean room or uh, learning about pharmacy regulations, Mm -hmm. or if it was learning about business. And in business, sometimes you pick other people's brains. I mean, definitely the best advice I can always give is if you don't know, find somebody who knows and ask for help, you know, or, or pick their brain. But technology, the web has so many resources for Mm -hmm. you to, to learn how to do things on your own and be patient and have the time. Those were the, a lot of late nights were, was me on my laptop trying to figure out how to uh, launch this website again, before the days of just going and, and plug and play stuff. Uh, it was how to send these faxes, (laughs) you know, it was just, trial and error constantly, uh, but learning how reading articles on the web and that's evolved. I mean, Mm -hmm. to this day, I still, if I need something, I go to the website, to the web. I have a few resources like Upwork or Mm -hmm. um, I think it's Fever or Favor. Those are great resources for tapping people who can help you in your business that otherwise would to go to a a big company would charge you tons of money and kind of just pay what you need. It's almost like having a consultant company, but without the consultant company's fees. I met, I've used Upwork is a great one. Um, They've helped me with accounting issues, QuickBooks issues for Mm -hmm. accounting. If I had questions, I could just send them the information. They were able to help me out. A freelance accountant would come on and help me out and charge me by the hour. Copywriting, graphics design, Mm -hmm. you name it. Nowadays, that's kind of the first, one of the first resources I'll go to when it comes for professional Right. Like that. And you talked to you talked kind of about, you know, people coming along and kind of helping you out. Are you being able, being able to call someone who are some of the people that came along and kind of helped you out in different seasons? That's another long list. <laughs> <laughs> I met right off the top of my head. Again, you know, going back to my uncle who helped me start this, he was one that really helped me out and gave me a lot of advice and business know-how to get me started. I have another, a friend of mine, Tyrone Dixon. He's been kind of a bit of a mentor to me, although Mm -hmm. he might not think that he's my mentor, but Mm -hmm. he's been a a really big mentor to me and has taught me a lot about business. And I've taken that advice and gone with it has been great. Uh, So yeah, I think that individuals that you come that come along especially that have been around you know I don't want to use the word older but that have been around and know know how business runs you want to take those those that advice I mean I always like to surround myself around people who are successful or doing mm-hmm. you know innovative and different things because I can learn from that and and I think that's very important 
You mentioned some of the awesome moments you had where you experienced wins and growths, and then we went down some pitfalls that you kind of ran into. Tell me about, because every entrepreneurial journey that I read about, they talk about these moments or these blocks where you come to and you don't know even know if you should continue. Walk me through a moment that you got so close in your business to saying, hey, I might not, I might not be able to do this anymore. What was difficult about that? What was going on? And then what kept you going? How did you get past that? Or what was the determining factor to continue? Good question. <laughs> There's a lot of those too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, I th- important. Yeah, yeah. I think I think my wife would attest to that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one that's, you know, maybe one more, one that's more prevalent than the others. But I think one, I mean, I'm thinking kind of in terms of recent, like, I mean, I've just been kind of going through this even Mm -hmm. now. So in our business with pharmacy compounding, we've in the past five years, we've been going through so many regulation changes and some of them fantastic and great for patient safety. Some of them I don't believe in. Mm -hmm. I think they're a little bit excessive, but nonetheless, we learned our lesson from the out-of-state issue (laughs) and we know that now we have to comply. Mm -hmm. And so recently we've been having to install a new clean room for dangerous drugs that we compound. Mm -hmm. And this clean room has to have all, you know, types of sophisticated ventilation and all this stuff. And so, you know, the company has been so successful. We finally at a point where we're like, okay, you know what? We're going to do this professionally. We're not mm-hmm. going to do it DIY high. And we're going to go and buy a modular set that's already pre-engineered. And we're mm-hmm. going to bring it in and just kind of turnkey type thing. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, it didn't turn out that way. Like, <laughs> I mean, any small business will tell you things never turn out the way you plan them. And so, I mean, the past couple of weeks have been just kind of past month, actually, have been basically hooking this machine up and trying to get it passed by our uh, inspectors. And it's just been nonstop. And I got to tell you, there's been legitimate times where you've come home and I've been like, I just don't know. This is it. Like, this is the one we're not going to, I don't know how we move past this. And as a business owner, when we, I pay my bills with this business, I don't really have anything else to fall back on, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very worrisome, you know, so you'll go to sleep at night and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think there's no way uh, we're going to come up with a solution for this. And so then you wake up in the morning and then, you know, you drag yourself out of bed, you push yourself to work and you just keep moving forward. Right. I mean, I think that's been just SVP's motto is always mm-hmm. just keep moving forward. We've gone through a lot of challenges, but one of the things we've always done is just keep staying in motion, keep moving, solving things you know, one piece at a time. time. As a business owner, at at least me, I feel like every problem is doom and gloom. I don't know why. Maybe it's my personality (laughs) or I don't know if that's an entrepreneur's personality, (laughs) but I always think everything's doom and gloom because we have have so much invested personally, emotionally, financially. And so these things are our babies and any little thing that comes to hurt it you know, you right away think worst case scenario. And sometimes these problems become overwhelming and you feel like they're just, there's no way out of them, but you just keep moving. You start solving one piece of the puzzle and then you start to find that, you know, we can get out of this. There's, there's a solution. Yeah. And you figure I've gone through this enough times that I would already be immune to it, but (laughs) you never are. (laughs) Yeah. That's perfect. 
different challenges. So we've heard the tough spots. Tell us the good news. Tell us kind of where you guys are now. What does your team look like? What is your, you know, where are you guys at facility wise? How are you doing with sales? You know, where are you today? So today I'm at, obviously we're in the best spot that we've ever been. And I mean, again, all these doom and gloom stories, but you know, in the past couple of years, our sales have been up every quarter. Mm. Um, We haven't had a down quarter in at least a year and a half. So things have been just on the steady uh, incline. Today, our facility is about 7,000 square feet. Mm. We're packed in there. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll definitely could use definitely some more room. We're about 35 employees and we're looking to expand our sales force in the next quarter. And so we hope to have sales people all throughout uh, Texas by the end of the year is our plan. So yeah, things have been moving very, very well. Last year, we had our first $1 million quarter, which we were super excited about. I'm at a million dollars in sales and one quarter is something, you know, I couldn't imagine when we first, when my fax machine (laughs) was uh, faxing out, uh, you know, sales sheets. And this, in January, we had a $400,000 sales month, which we had our first million dollar quarter. Now we're getting to our, we're on the cusp of having our first half a million dollar month. And so that's kind of our next big goal that we're looking forward to. And hopefully, uh, if things keep going great, uh, we'll see this year for sure. That's awesome. So how does it feel knowing, I mean, because you're in a veterinary pharmaceutical uh, company, how does it feel knowing that you're actually helping, you know, animals, you know, really have, you know, live life? How, how does how, that yeah, I mean, that's our mission. I mean, so that's how, you know, I, I've talked a, a lot of, about a lot of different things in the business aspect. But I think anybody at our office will tell you, you know, we have a simple mission. It's to make medication for pets that's affordable and we get it there in a timely fashion very quickly in our customer service. Those are the the main things that we focus on. And so I'm at I think, again, if you ask anybody at our facility, they'll tell you that our main goal is to get the medication inside the pet, no matter what it takes. And so we we really take that part serious. We preach that. And we also make it we, our, our biggest thing, too, is affordability, because to me, it makes no sense to make this great using this great technology to make your pet's medication into a treat. If you can't afford it, then I think it's all for nothing. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think that this thing should just be for somebody who can afford it for the pet the same way. I don't think any medication should be for just people who can afford it, whether it's on the human or on the veterinary side, that's a whole nother story. But I think that it should be affordable for everybody. And that's our mission. That's our goal. We try to, we always price things wow. to make them affordable. Not, I mean, profits are not what we're exactly. necessarily after. We're, we're after just following our simple mission and moving forward. And that's been the, that's been the success it's got us here. That's been the, the things that it's got us. The technology's helped us, but I think it's more the mentality, the mission that's mm. helped us, that's propelled us over the mountaintop for sure. I can definitely attest to the fact that SVP Meds provides great products. Our miniature schnauzer Tyson <laughs> sure loves their chewables. Yes. So I think you are accomplishing your goal for sure of making medication a fun time for pets and tasty. And we sure, you know, we got it on time. So <laughs> it's a great thing. Exactly. So last question here, David. So if you could go back and tell young David, go back in time, what would you tell him? 
I think a lot of people will say, you know, I wouldn't change anything. And I mean, but when it comes to business, there's a lot of things I think I would have done differently Mm -hmm. knowing what I've learned. I met these past, you know, 10 years in business has been the school of hard knocks. You know, it's been (laughs) a learning experience. So I think there's a lot of things that I would go back and maybe change. I think the most important thing that, you know, being specific to my business, I think the most important thing I would have changed was perhaps not trying to expand as far as area-wide so quickly. Mm -hmm. I would have focused on Houston. I would have focused on Texas and then slowly expanded out of state. And again, we probably wouldn't have gotten to any any of the legal issues, but Mm -hmm. I think it just makes business better business sense. I mean, it's cheaper to do business where you're at in your hometown. And and we're fortunate to be in Houston, Texas, one of the largest cities in America. So you have more than enough opportunity here in Houston, um, let alone focusing on the whole state. If you're in a business where you can focus on the state very easily, then Texas is a good state to be in. Business-friendly state, a very large and populated state. So that, I mean, if I, and if I had to get any advice to anyone, you know, getting ready to start a business or already in a business looking to expand, I would focus on Texas. I would focus on Houston Mm-hmm. And work my way out because there's just so much opportunity in the city and the state that again, as an entrepreneur, we all have that mindset. I want to conquer right. the world and, and for sure, you know, definitely, but I would not go any further than until you've conquered the area you're in for sure. That's what I would do differently. If I wouldn't have gone anywhere else until I knew I was the main thing in Houston, right. I was the main compounder in, in Texas mm. and then st- slowly started working my way out. Right. Great Perfect. advice. Yeah. Well, David, man, it's been an incredible conversation with you. Thank you for taking the time. I know time is of the essence, but thank you for taking the time to be on the show with us. Thank you. It was it was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks for being having me on here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of B2B Growth Hacks with David Martinez. Hey, if you made it this far, I trust that you might have liked what you heard. So if you don't mind, please head over to iTunes and leave us a nice review. It goes a long way for the people who are involved with this podcast, who help out, who put the work in. It really means a lot. Thank you. And I'll catch you on the next episode of B2B Growth Hacks.